Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. It is one of the biggest miscarriages of justice in UK history, and it is still far from resolved. 700 people were prosecuted by the company they worked for based on information provided by a system that was defective. This is a story of a powerful institution and of the ruined lives of those who worked for it, after the post office blamed its own sub-postmasters for stealing. Many of whom got jail sentences. I was always under the impression, like, why somebody was sent me to the prison for the crime I never committed? The jury came back with the word guilty, so the judge have to give me some sort of sentence. This week, the second stage of an inquiry into what happened will begin hearing evidence about the IT system at the centre of it all. A key part of its remit will be to find out whether or not the post office knew about the flaws in its IT system. You're listening to Stories of Our Times from The Times and The Sunday Times. I'm David Aronovich. Today the post office scandal and the broken system that caused it. Sometimes a story is so full of willful blindness and bureaucratic obstinacy that you have to pinch yourself. Over 20 years ago, one of the country's best-loved, most respected public institutions, the Post Office, as part of a 21st century modernisation drive, installed a new all-singing and dancing computer network with one of those futuristic-sounding names. Horizon was a computer system. It was like a till, effectively. Postmasters who'd been running their shops using pens and paper for a long time would receive a new terminal. They could put through parcels. Basically worked like a regular till, but slightly more complex. Not just complex, but like many big new computer systems, initially bug-ridden. When the local postmasters using Horizon started to find things weren't adding up, instead of looking to see whether the computer might be at fault, the post office blamed them. They were accused of theft and false accounting. Running a village post office in North Wales meant everything to Marjorie Williams. But just two years after taking it on, her life fell apart when she was wrongly accused of stealing from it in 2011. Convicted of fraud, she was forced to pay £14,000 and only avoided prison after pleading guilty. Hundreds of people like Marjorie lost their jobs and dozens were jailed for crimes they said they didn't commit. Many have since had those convictions quashed, but are still awaiting compensation. 
Right now, an inquiry into the post office scandal is underway. The first stage looked at the impact on those accused of wrongdoing, hearing from dozens, including Baljit Seti and Marjorie Williams, who spoke of their experience. No amount of compensation can return us the 20 years of hell we have gone through. Only my wife and I know it. How we have struggled in these 20 years. I didn't want to go to jail. Because I knew my friend Noel had been. And I didn't want to leave my daughter. Having heard from the sub-postmasters, the inquiry now moves into its second phase this week, looking at Horizon. In the next few days, we'll begin to hear a little bit more about what the executives knew at the post office, how the system was designed, who designed it, what was wrong with it, and crucially, what people knew. Sabah Meddings is Chief Business Correspondent at the Sunday Times. For some time, she's been looking at the post office scandal and has followed the inquiry closely. So far, we've heard from the victims. We've heard awful stories of people losing everything, losing their homes, going to jail, going to their children's graduation with an ankle tag, real stories of sorrow and human suffering. The next stage is onto the corporate wrongdoing, alleged wrongdoing. I feel it's one of the most extraordinary scandals of my adult career. But looking forward for a moment before we go back, what's the current state of the company and its management and its kind of outlook for the future? As you can imagine, the post office is a historic brand. It's been around for many years and has, I mean, still is in, in many cases, a kind of a real focal point of the community. People sort of go and pay their bills, they might drop parcels off. But as digitalization is sweeping through absolutely every industry, it's got to fight to stay relevant. You know, you can drop your parcels off at corner shops across the UK. You don't have to go to the post office anymore. So like businesses like it, it's really trying to find its new role. At the same time, we've got strikes across the UK in, in various businesses. Royal Mail workers are striking, which will have an impact on post office services, parcel deliveries, things like that. So it's a really difficult time for the post office. At the same time, it's got to focus on this inquiry. While it's no longer fighting the postmasters as it has done previously, a lot of energy, a lot of time, a lot of resource is going into this inquiry. And I know that it's really taking up a lot of focus from the executives while they're kind of trying to focus on other things as well. So you're painting a picture, really, of a company and industry which was already facing a huge number of challenges and has been for, for some time before any of this happened, and that now it's compounded enormously by having to deal with the aftermath of this scandal. Well, exactly. And Horizon came about because the post office was trying to modernise. Postmasters who'd been running their shops using pens and paper for a long time would receive a new terminal, basically work like a regular till, but slightly more complex. And, you know, 20 years later, more than 20 years later after Horizon was introduced, it's now still trying to extricate itself from what has been absolutely monumental for its business model. I mean, the post office is bankrupt, effectively. It doesn't have the money to pay the compensation for these postmasters. It's fully reliant on the government to stand behind it. So think about sort of making a profit and being a sort of a successful business. I mean, that's the light years away at the moment. They've got this huge bill from these postmasters. They're grappling with multitude of problems. Let's get this down now to the personal level. Tell me about Seema Misra. 
Seema is a wonderful person. I was speaking to her earlier today. She's a mother of two. She lives in Surrey with her husband, Devinder. She moved to the UK when she was 19. She was born and brought up in India. She worked as a financial controller in, in businesses. She knew her way around a balance sheet. The couple, they were young, they were in their 20s. They had a child. And then they decided that they wanted to move out of London. They looked to Surrey. We came across West Pipery Shop and Post Office. Before putting an offer in, we being to the area, really liked it. I was only five years old that time, so really liked the schools nearby and everything. So we decided to purchase that and move, in, move here. You've got to remember that Post Office was a incredibly respected brand. If you worked for the Post Office, then you know, you'd kind of received the stamp of approval from the British establishment. And you'll find that story happened quite a lot with immigrants to the UK. They sort of felt that working for the post office meant you really belonged to your, your new home. So they ploughed their life savings into the business. Like many sub-postmasters, it wasn't sort of a crown post office, a business that was only the post office. This was a village shop that had a post office counter as well. So the people running it would be responsible for selling groceries and necessities to the local community. And they'd also have a post office counter attached to it. And they don't receive the same benefits as employees, but they operate it on behalf of the post office. We've been, me and they've always been entrepreneur. You know, like we always look to expand the business, we move on in life and making a business, like a business empire. That's what was always dream been. They were excited for the future. Seema wanted to have a big house where her son could live upstairs with his wife and they'd have all the grandchildren around. She had this kind of real image of her future. It was going to be this wonderful life. They were doing well and this was going to be the next step of their journey. We're really talking about somebody working hard and living the dream. And then she began to run into problems. Tell us about that. It happened immediately for Seema. At the end of the first day's trading, she found her till was nearly £100 down. June 2005, when I took over the post office, I had a two-weeks trainer who was coming to stay with me to have like a live training. And the very first day, there was a shortfall. By trainer's wording was exactly, you just had an audit yesterday, it's never penny to penny. And then we just carry on from there, like shortfalls, shortfalls, shortfalls. Every single day in the first week, it was short. By November, a few weeks later, when an auditor visited, there was £3,600 discrepancy and she was just ordered to pay the money back. Auditor came in, despite me of putting money in every day, every week, they made a shortfall of just under £4,000. I said, OK, that's from where the money is. She dipped into the couple's savings. They took money out of the shop side of the business to keep on plugging the gap in the post office. They drained their savings. They borrowed money from friends and family to fill the gaps. Daytime, it was perfect. You know, like, I mean, like, we were helping the community, running the shop, running the post office. When it used to come 5.30, so the balancing time, I said, oh, my God, not again. Shortly after, a, another auditor visited and found a shortfall of £79,000. And how short a period had that £79,000 shortfall been incurred? So the couple bought the post office in 2005, so that was within three years. So, three years. When she first noticed the shortfall, how in her mind did she account for it? What did she think was happening? 
they would sort of pour over the numbers again and again, trying to match up, trying to reconcile the money in the till with the amount that the Horizon system, the till system said they should have. We're trying to find what is happening because my manager told me, oh, Mrs. Mishra, we have so many post office, they're doing fine. It's just your post office you're having an issue with. I said, okay, then it's my responsibility. Then I have to find it. They're not going to help me. They're not helping me. They gave me warning. Consistently, Seema would say, well, it must be something wrong with the technology. But she was diligent, she was keeping account, and why was the money not there? The only solution she could come up with that there was something wrong with Horizon, but nobody believed her. What happened to her when she got the blame? Misra was suspended immediately and she was then charged with theft and false accounting. But like many sub-postmasters, she admitted signing off accounts that she knew were wrong, because it's true. She was so worried of losing her business. She says that she was told... If it's over £500 shortfall, they will take the post office away. So she just put the money in herself and signed it off, saying everything was fine. So she did admit signing off accounts she knew to be wrong because she was worried about losing the business. But unlike others, she absolutely refused to plead guilty to stealing. She was determined to fight this case, and she was convinced there had been a mistake. The worst thing was the day when I was sentenced, I've been told later that the local paper said, pregnant thief. So that was the really heartbreaking. Now let's, let's be absolutely clear, who brought the case and who prosecuted? The post office had the power of private prosecution, so it didn't need to rely on the Crown Prosecution Service to take these postmasters it believed were stealing from it to the courts. It could actually do it itself. So the post office employed a team of prosecutors. Right, OK, and this is really important, isn't it? So the post office begins to see that there are a whole lot of sub-postmasters and mistresses who it believes are fiddling the system suddenly. They've just suddenly cropped up and begun fiddling the system. And it's not just SEMA, is it? It's lots of them. It's over 700. More than 700 were prosecuted. The latest figures suggest that at least 165 were sent to jail. Many more were dismissed and sort of had their businesses taken off them. I think the real question is, what is the alternative Horizon is suggesting that these postmasters were stealing. If the post office admits for a second that actually their system could be wrong, what does that say about the business model of the post office? If Horizon has no way of knowing how much money is meant to be in the till, you can't trust it, and that would be a much bigger problem for the post office at the time. Coming up, we'll take a look at the computer system at the heart of the post office scandal. But first... Hello. Hello. For those of you who haven't got a clue who we are, my name's Jane Garvey. And I'm Fee Clover. If you're looking for a fresh take on all the latest news, take with a pinch of salt, this is the show for you. Off Air with Jane and Fee. So if you need a new show for your dreary old drive to work, your everyday dog walk, or just as white noise to drown out your offspring, then try us. Off Air with Jane and Fee. Monday to Thursday on the free Times Radio app and wherever else you get your podcasts. 
Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of these families' lives have been ruined. Today, they arrived at the inquiry for a chance to tell their stories. A key part of its remit will be to find out whether or not the post office knew about the flaws in its IT system. Now, there's been an inquiry, so can you take us back? When did it start and how far has it got? The independent inquiry into the scandal led by Sir Wynne Williams, a retired judge, began early this year. The first part of the inquiry heard from victims of the scandal. We heard real tales of human suffering. I lost an awful lot of weight. I was in there, what, 10 weeks? And in that 10 weeks, I'd lost four, four and a half stone. We've already had criticism from Williams. He's really concerned about the speed at which these subpoena masters are being compensated. Many of them have received nothing. Others have received interim payments of £100,000 but have yet to receive full and final settlement. So we are seeing some quite strong language coming out already. It'll continue into next year. You will hear from all the stakeholders involved in Horizon and we'll also hear scrutiny on the legal process because even once the sub-postmasters gathered together, they galvanised, formed a group to take the post office to court. The post office fought these sub-postmasters. It spent over £100 million of public money hiring lawyers to fight the sub-postmasters from receiving justice. So we'll hear all about that. Right, there are two elements in what you said that I wanted to concentrate on for the moment. Sure. The first thing you said is the second stage of the inquiry looks into the computing system. And I think when we're talking about this, maybe it would be a good idea to explain a bit about that computer system, what it was and who designed it and so on. Horizon um, was conceived in 1996 as one of the first private finance initiatives. So in this case, the post office and the benefits agency, which paid out pensions, those types of things, signed an agreement with the computer company ICL, which had been bought by Fujitsu. Fujitsu's the Japanese computer giant, has a, lots of contracts with the public sector, looks after NHS computers. We're very reliant on this company. So Fujitsu was designing this new WYSI computer system that would um, transform the post office and the benefits agency. The idea was to replace paper in the post office's 17,000 branches with a new computer system that would make the lives of postmasters much easier. They would not no longer need to keep paper records of all the parcels they sold, all the pensions they'd paid out. Horizon would take care of that work for them. So essentially it's what we've all done, <laughs> really. Well, exactly, exactly. You know, it was a digitalisation of the post office and there was huge fanfare when it was rolled out. People were excited. 
Well, I can imagine because there's vast ledgers which they used to kind of keep underneath the table. I mean, I'm much older than you, but I remember those ledgers and then bringing them out from under the table and writing in them and so on. And you did wonder what happened to them all. Now, so they bring in this thing. And of course, the intention is good and necessary, but what went wrong? Very soon after the first Horizon terminals were installed, subpostmasters started reporting odd shortfalls. The till wasn't adding up anymore. For many who diligently kept their paper records, they were suddenly finding that hundreds, even thousands of pounds were missing. There are lots of things that go wrong with computer systems and so on, but it's not totally obvious why a computer system should just mislay thousands of pounds. You've got to think, why did no one consider there could be a bug in the system? Computer systems, if you talk to any expert, they'll say that no computer system is perfect. There are bugs in every system and there should be teams of people fixing them. But for some reason, the post office was convinced that there were no problems with Horizon. There were no bugs and that their computer system had revealed that their network of sub-postmasters were turning to crime. Now, I imagine that when somebody like Seema Misra went to trial, there had to be an expert witness for the post office who said, yeah, our computer system's great. It's not its fault, it's your fault. Exactly. So key to the post office's prosecution of Seema Misra was that the Horizon system was robust. They even brought in a Fujitsu expert witness, a man called Gareth Jenkins, who had provided written evidence in the case of eight sub-postmasters. What makes Seema's case so interesting and so important is she was the only one in which Gareth Jenkins gave evidence to court. He was questioned on the witness stand. Seema watched in horror as Gareth Jenkins said Horizon was robust, that there could be no reason that her problem was in fact due to a faulty system. So he was cross-examined, presumably, by her lawyers and stood by the idea that Horizon was brilliant and it must have been her. He repeatedly told the jury, and I'll read, I can't see any way that the computer system here is likely to cause a problem. He also said that sub-postmaster's accounts could only be accessed with permission from the sub-postmaster. So basically he was saying that there was no way that Fujitsu staff or post office staff could be fiddling with the tills of sub-postmasters without their permission. And that's a statement that really came back to haunt the post office. But in her case, the jury believed it. The jury believed Gareth Jenkins, they believed the post office, and Seema Misra was sent to jail. What makes her case so much more heartbreaking is that she was actually four months pregnant at the time. It was like a very scary moment, very, very scary moment. Being pregnant, I couldn't even hug my husband while he used to come and visit me and all that kind of... It was a nightmare. She spent the four months of her pregnancy behind bars, unable to see her son, who was 10 at the time. She was actually jailed on her son's birthday. What have we subsequently learned about whether he actually should have said what he did say? In other words, that he might have known something else that he didn't say? So just weeks before Misra's day in court, Fujitsu, including Gareth Jenkins, held an urgent meeting with the post office. This was to discuss a bug, a bug in Horizon. And this bug caused the branch to be out of sync with the post office's accounting system. This meant that the branch could have a negative balance, even though the sub-postmaster believed that they had successfully balanced their till. And Gareth was at this meeting in 2011, we never heard about it until 2018, and that's only because it was 
brought up in the court case against subpostmasters. But it wasn't brought up in Seema Misra's case. It was never brought up in Seema Misra's case. It was never brought up in subsequent investigations into the post office's handlings. It was never brought up in the Court of Appeal until 2018. So that was seven years in which this meeting was kept private. And that would have had the power to blow apart Seema's prosecution, blow apart subsequent prosecutions. What about the post office itself? What have we found out about what the post office itself knew in regards to issues with the computer system at the point when all these postmasters were being prosecuted? So while Seema Misra was sent to jail, at the same time, from as early as 2009, sub-postmasters were beginning to talk more about what had happened. There was a story in Computer Weekly which raised the cases of a handful of sub-postmasters and MPs were starting to take notice. They were starting to campaign for their constituents who were jailed or prosecuted. And this really put pressure on the post office. So... In 2012, the post office hired an external corporate investigations firm, a firm called Second Sight, who began to ask questions about Horizon. And one of two men who worked for Second Sight, a man called Ian Henderson, he claimed that Gareth Jenkins, on a visit to Fujitsu, told him that there was absolutely remote access to the Horizon system. He claims he reported back and was ignored. Just why was that so important? Last year, Ian Henderson spoke at a law school event about the post office case. In September 2012, I met with Gareth Jenkins, the lead engineer for Horizon at the head office of Fujitsu in Bracknell. I was told that approximately 10 members of staff from post office were permanently based in Bracknell dealing with various issues, including bugs, errors and defects. I was also told that Fujitsu routinely used remote access technology to access branch terminals for various purposes without the knowledge or specific consent of individual sub-postmasters. The most significant point about accessing it remotely is that opens the door to the idea that it wasn't only the sub-postmasters that could have been at fault. Fujitsu engineers sitting in a room in Bracknell had access to the tills. They did it frequently, overnight. Was there human error there? They were constantly fixing bugs. The idea that someone else could get access, and it wasn't just the postmasters, would blow apart the prosecutions because it would show that there were other people accessing these tills that could have been at fault. Right, so uh, the, the post office get this company Second Sight. Who did this chat from Second Sight report back to? Other people at Second Sight, or did he report back to the post office? He reported directly back to the post office. Three years later, Second Sight published its final report and it said, our current evidence-based opinion is that Fujitsu post office did have and may well still have the ability to directly alter branch records without the knowledge of the sub-postmaster. We never found out about this. Right, so in other words, this guy says to the post office sometime earlier, you've got a problem here. They sort of hushed it up. They wanted Second Sight out. And that's because, unbeknownst to MPs or Second Sight, the post office had also hired its own independent law firm, Cartwright King, which had been running around in the background asking questions. We never knew about this until many years later. One of the barristers from Cartwright King reached a blistering conclusion. 
he told the post office in a report that Jenkins had been aware of at least two bugs in Horizon when he gave evidence in Seema Misra's case in 2010. He'd failed to comply with the duties of an expert witness and should never be used again. He actually went further and he told the post office that they had been in breach of their duties as a prosecutor and said that there were a number of convicted defendants to whom the existence of Bugs and Horizon should have been disclosed and wasn't. This was back in 2013. 2013? 2013, the Clark advice had the power to blow apart the sub-post office prosecutions, but we never found out about it until very recently. For years, sub-postmasters maintained their innocence and fought back against the post office in court. This eventually led to a decision by the High Court in 2019. They managed to get funding from a litigation provider to hire a good team of lawyers to take the post office to court to clear their name. In 2019, they finally secured a High Court victory and Mr Justice Fraser, the judge presiding over the case, found that Horizon had been riddled with bugs and that he was referring Gareth Jenkins and another witness to the Director of Public Prosecutions to be investigated for potential perjury. Now, I'm presuming that during the course of the case, of course, there would have been a significant amount of evidence that showed that actually this Horizon system was bug-ridden and that people at the post office and advising them should have known about it. I would guess that the court was rather shocked. This was a real moment when postmasters were vindicated for claiming that there was something wrong with Horizon and there was absolutely overwhelming evidence in what the court heard that they identified, I believe, over 30 bugs that could be many more. Even the money that the post office spent on its legal fees, how can innocent men and women have any power to fight against an organisation of the scale of the post office, which had government backing, which had teams of lawyers, computer experts, they could absolutely steamroll anyone claiming there was any problem with the horizon. And I think this is a real lesson to us all. Blind trust in a computer system in a world where everything is becoming more digital is pause for thought. But certainly, you know, the level of trust that you would put in an organisation like the post office as well, when in fact you've hit countless stories of human suffering. Now, what about Seema Misra? Did she get compensation that was in any way adequate to what she'd been through? Seema Misra did have her second son shortly after she was released from jail. It's to her great shame that she was wearing an ankle tag as she went into labour. When I was giving birth with a tag on, I was thinking, oh my God, what could be a midwife would be thinking? What kind of mother I'm going to be? They've managed to scrape together enough money. They've got a modest two-bedroom flat in Surrey. I've been there to visit them. They live there, two sons, Seema and her husband, and an elderly mother. She's so far received £100,000. That was last year. Much of this was swallowed up by mortgage arrears and other debts. She's still left wondering when she'll receive full and final compensation. She still dreams of having that house where her family can all live together. But so far, she's still waiting, and you know she's managed to get a job finally. Because don't forget... For 10 years, she had a criminal record. April 23rd, 2021, my conviction was quashed, so I managed to get a job in, in August. So I'm working now full-time, working from home, because I still don't have a courage to go out and work. Life's difficult. She really is waiting for that compensation, but so far it hasn't arrived, and I think also she wants answers. She wants those who are responsible to face the music. 
the post office can't just get ruining so many lives they can't just get away with it so many people were told you're the only one they suffered in silence she hopes that they never have to experience leaving their young son at home while they spent months in jail but she really wants answers what level of compensation do lawyers think she should be entitled to it's a quite a difficult art but what do you give someone who gave up their home she was unable to work for 10 years she's had health concerns what sum do you put on that kind of human suffering figures people talk about could reach several millions does that compensate someone for over 12 years of suffering it's really hard to know i think at some point there's going to be a an element of friction between what people believe they should be owed and what the government and the public think they should be paid don't forget this is public money which is paying this compensation the post office doesn't have the money itself there's going to be a day of reckoning and i think a lot of time is being given to how much would put it right as the second phase of the inquiry starts when might there be a report into the scandal and will anyone be held accountable So this is just phase 2 of 7 in the inquiry. We don't even have dates for much of it into next year. It looks like the earliest we could see a report from Sir Win Williams will be the end of next year. In terms of who will be found accountable, the police are following the inquiry very closely. They've hired civilian investigators, but at this stage it's just too early to know what evidence may come out that could lead to a prosecution. And what about Gareth Jenkins, the expert witness? We have made efforts to contact him. We've so far not been able to reach him. All we know so far is the Met Police is investigating. It could be that we hear more from him later in the inquiry, but at this stage it's too early to say. You've been listening to Stories of Our Times, a podcast brought to you thanks to subscribers of the Times and the Sunday Times, with me David Aronovich and my guest Sunday Times chief business correspondent Saba Meddings. You can read more of Saba's work at thetimes.co.uk with a subscription. The producer was Edward Drummond, the executive producer is Kate Ford, and sound design was by David Crackles. And if you've a story you think we should be covering, an idea for a future episode, or thoughts on what you've just heard, send us an email to storiesofourtimes@thetimes.co.uk. See you tomorrow. up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com